scripture where Jesus he says that um, at the end of time many will come and say didn't we do this in your name and didn't we do this in your name and didn't we do this in your name and when Jesus he turns to them and say I never knew you okay and uh, and I think that what Jesus is talking about is that it's similar to what when he talks to Nicodemus where he says that unless you get born again you cannot see the kingdom of God and I find that um, when I listen to people and when sometimes I listen to people and I ask them have they ever met Jesus okay uh, you know, like if you meet my mom, she will say she's a Christian, okay? Uh, in Denmark, we call them four-wheel Christians, okay? They get that when they get baptized, confirmed, wedding, and funeral. That's the fourth time we go to church, okay? And she knows the Bible, some of it she thinks, but she never met Jesus, okay? And... Uh, it's like well, it's, it's when you meet an American and they use the phrase being born again, that does not necessarily mean they're born again. Okay? Just like if you are an Anglican, that doesn't mean that you are a Christian. And I think it's very important that being a Christian is not that you subscribe to a certain moral code. Okay? It's not about that uh, I'm a Christian so I don't do this or I start doing this. This is not Christianity. Uh, because, you know, like the church, we spend so much time about t saying what you shouldn't do. Because, but the thing is that if you meet Jesus, no one needs to tell you. Amen? You know, you don't, you know, you know like, there are many times, you know, many sermons are about moral things. But if you have met Jesus, you, you, should, you know that on the inside, what is right and wrong. Okay? Um, but the thing is that, it's a fighting force, but we can do things as Christians, okay, and yet not knowing him. And I think it's because of the way we very often present the gospel is that we say, if you are a Christian, you do this, and if you're not a Christian, you don't do that. But being a Christian is to have met him. Like I said to you, that when I met Jesus, if you asked me, do you agree with Jesus? I said, no. Have you met him? I would say, yes. Okay, if Jesus was not something I found in a book. Jesus was a person I met. Okay, and that's what it means to be saved. Uh, we are not Christians because we go to church. That does not make us a Christian. Okay, but if you are a Christian, if you have met Jesus, you would want to go to church. Okay, you know, like, uh, you know, you're not a Christian because you read the Bible. But if you have met Jesus, you will want to read the Bible. Amen? I, I, that's why I don't understand when people say, oh, I don't have time to read the Bible. I say, what do you mean? You have 24 hours like everyone else. Okay? We, 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 we don't give any thought to that we spend half an hour watching the news and getting depressed. Okay? But if someone said to us, why don't you spend that 30 minutes in the Bible? We find that very difficult. So I think the biggest challenge for us in our society, because of a, we, we, we try to argue people into the kingdom of God, it is actually to show Jesus. Okay? 
know, many people who have not met Jesus, they think Jesus, he is a school teacher, a strict school teacher, but he, because all they hear from church is do, do this, do this, do this, but they never met him. Okay, you know, but, uh, now so many people, they got offended about what is his name? This Joel Osteen, he went to something, whatever. But, uh, and I don't understand why people get offended about that. Because of uh, Jesus, he went every, every place that you would say he shouldn't go. Okay? Jesus, he went to the tax collector, okay? And that would be similar to, uh, I don't know how the Japanese were in World War II, but I can imagine in the Philippines it was not nice to be a Filipino being occupied by the Japanese. Okay? So imagine a Filipino start uh, cooperating with the Japanese to help the Japanese to suppress the Filipino. That man would not be very popular in the Filipino community. Okay? I remember I read in Denmark that the women who went out with the German soldiers during World War II, when World War II finished, they cut off all their hair. No, they were not the most popular people, and that's how the chaos was for the Jews. Do you understand? And here is a person who says he's a rabbi, and he goes and sees a chaos. Not only that, he declared, I'm coming to eat with you. And do you know what? We know the story about that when Jesus he comes there and Zacchaeus, he says, suddenly in the presence of Jesus, he says, you know, if I cheated anyone, I will, uh, I will give double to those who are cheated. And you have to understand, he cheated everyone. Do you understand? You know, the way the system worked was that if you like, were, were appointed by the Roman emperor to, go, to be overseas, like at that time, what, what do we, Israel at that time, that was like a retirement post. So, so the way the system worked, that Rome will tell this guy, we need that amount of money from, from Israel every year. Okay? And then afterwards, afterwards, when um, he, they said to him, but you can take whatever you want on top of it. That's your retirement. Okay? And, you know, and that's how the system works. So, so the, the local guy who was in charge in Jerusalem, he would say exactly the same to someone like Zacchaeus. He would say, I need this amount. That was Rome and his retirement. And he said, I want that amount. And whatever you want to charge on top of that, you can just do it. So he had cheated everyone. But the thing was that Jesus did not sit down at his table and said to him, you do this wrong, Zacchaeus. You cheated this guy. You shouldn't work with the Romans. You shouldn't abuse people in that way. And, and, and so on and so on. He didn't. He, Jesus fellowshiped with him, met him as a person. And in the midst of that, when he said that, I, I, will, I will give it all away. Okay? When Jesus says, salvation have come to this house. What, what happened? Zacchaeus became like Jesus. Do you understand? And, but it was, Jesus didn't transform Zacchaeus by telling him, don't do this, don't do that, stop doing this, start doing that, and you've done this, and you need to repent from it, and you need to start doing that. No. 
it was by Jesus looking at Zacchaeus as a person. Amen? And it's very important we understand that this is the way we are Christians. We are not Christian in terms of saying, I'm a Christian, so I don't do this. Uh, I'm a Christian, so I'm not doing that. And No, a Christian is someone who has met Jesus. A Christian is not someone who, have, who agrees with Jesus, because many people agree with Jesus. Do you understand? The Muslim people agree with Jesus. Do you understand? Even Hindus and Buddhists agree with Jesus, but the thing is, they not met him. Amen? So, so this is something that we, so when we say that, when, when, when we say we are born again, it actually means what it says, that we have met him, not, not just, oh, I have a Bible, oh yeah, I like this and I like that, I like that. No, it is that I have met him. Okay? And, it's, and when you're meeting him, that will transform you. That will change you. So, you know, but every, I, I was just looking up in, in outpourings that the Holy Spirit have done over the decades. Do you know the first thing that every preacher starts preaching about? Who is saved? Okay, because we're living in a society where religion very easily sneaks in and we can very easily think, uh, I'm a Christian because uh, I, I was born in church, so I was brought up in church, so I'm a Christian because of, and when we refer to a thing, but the thing is that that's not what defines us as Christians. It is that, have I truly met him? That's why I, I, I'm not too keen on this, some of these programs where you ask questions and, and they answer, question and answer, and then at the end we say, okay, now you're ready to become saved. No, now you just know you agree with Jesus. Okay? Because you cannot argue people into the kingdom of God. You have, I don't know, if you ever put two people together and you're thinking, oh, whoa, these two people will just be perfect for one another. They will be good friends or something like that. And when you put them together, when you find out they can't stand the side of one another. Because relationship uh, and things like that is something that is biological. It's not something you can manufacture. Amen? And uh, so, so, so this is what we have to do. We have to... We have to be witnesses of what we have seen. That's what the book of Acts says. Not witnesses of what we know. Okay? The problem is we know more than we have seen. And when we try to tell people what we know and not what we have seen. Okay? But we, one of the words that is used for us is that we are called what? Witnesses. What is that? You don't know what a witness is. It's someone who has seen. Okay? You know, I don't know if you ever read about some court case or some criminal thing, and it catches your interest, okay? And you might even do your own research. You might even read up on anything you can find on it. And when you call the judge and say, you know, I would like to be a witness. The first thing he will say is, have you seen it? And he said, no, but I read it. And he said, I'm sorry, you're not good enough to be a witness. So, so it's about that we see Jesus, okay? We, we are, you know, there was this conservative politician, and I completely disagree with him, uh, this John Wetwood, whatever, old man now, but when he was younger, he made this statement that the church was supposed to be the moral compass for society. I don't believe that. That's not our job. Our, my job is not to be the guardian of the moral values. My job is to tell you who Jesus is, 
how you can meet him, and when you meet him, you will change. The, the problem is that many people who claim they are Christians, they, their lifestyle does not change, their personality does not change, and sometimes I question, have they actually met him? Because would they do things like that if they had met him? But when religion turns it around and says, no, I just start doing them. No, you don't change by start doing them. You, you're changing them by having met him. Do you understand? And that's where, that, you know, when you walk, most people, they just want to say, stop doing this stuff. No, that's not how it works. You need to introduce him. Jesus did not say, Jesus, Zacchaeus, you're stealing, you're whopping, you're cheating, you are, you are, you, you, you are, you are, you are committed high treason against your people. Okay? And so, you know, I'm telling you, these people were very often worse than the, the Romans themselves. Now, something we don't want to talk about the Holocaust was that what we did in the concentration camp, the Nazis, you know, the Nazis did not live in these shelters, do you understand? But so what they did was that for every building, they appointed another Jew, and then we gave him a whip. And he was sometimes, he was very often much worse, much more than, than you can imagine, okay? So, 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 but Jesus did not address that. Jesus addressed him as a human being. And when he was addressed like that, Zacchaeus realized, I need to be saved. Amen? And, uh, but anyway, uh, I was just told last night that Ollie was not coming, so I got plenty of time to speak today. Okay? And, uh, but in 2 Kings 6.1, um, actually, no, I want to start with something else first. Luke 2.51, Luke 2.51, no, this is something I've never seen connection, and, uh, but it's about Jesus when he's a child, okay? You know, I always find, you know, I, I, it's, I always think it's sad that it's not enough about the childhood of Jesus. Because why, why didn't James write about my life with Jesus? Could you, you know, I told you, it must have been a nightmare growing up with Jesus. Can you imagine that? You, you have your room and Jesus have his room. Everything is perfect in Jesus' room. Shoes are lined up. Underwear is folded. Socks are ironed. Everything is perfect. And when your room looks like something, someone dropped a bomb in there. And when your mom says to you, why can't you be like Jesus? Can you imagine that? No, oh, it's your day in the week to cook. You cook. Everyone wants to the toilet. Okay, next day, Jesus cooks. And everyone says, that's perfect, Jesus. It's amazing, and you're sitting there. <laughs> no matter what you do, no, and literally, no matter, literally, no matter what you do, compared to Jesus, you will never be good enough. Could you imagine how James would have thought, felt when he grew up? I always, he's the one I pity the most. Could you imagine that? Why are you not like Jesus? No, your, your, your parents have anniversary, you're holding a speech, you're stuttering through. When Jesus comes up, he turns water into wine. And <laughs> you know, you just, I think, I'm telling you, when, when he, he left home, he would have. He would just have, uh, James, he would have had a party. Okay? But, 
But the thing is in Luke 2, no. The thing is Jesus, he grew up as a human being like you and I. Okay? And, and this is where, you know, uh, you know, but it's interesting. Remember, Joseph and Mary, they lose Jesus. Okay? You know, when they can't find him after two days, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I'm thinking, God, I, if you have entrusted your only begotten son, why did you not entrust him to some responsible parents? Come on, after two days, they only realized Jesus is not a victim. I thought he was with you. No, he was with you. No, he's with you. And when we look at one, we lost Jesus. We lost God. Okay? But they find him in the temple. And it says that even the wise guys, the scholars in the temple, were amazed about the knowledge and wisdom that this young child had. Okay? And, uh, and then he asked him, well, and he said to them, I need to be in the father's house and so on. And then what happens afterwards in Luke 2.51, he says, And he went down with them, this is Jesus, and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Now this is the old way of saying it. He submitted himself to his parents. Now, it's something that is important. You know, I meet many people. I don't want to submit because I think I'm, I'm, I'm wiser than you. I don't want to submit because I've been a Christian longer than you. I don't want to be a Christian but, uh, submit to you because we can always find reasons for why we should not be submissive. Do you know what? Rebellious people can always see everything that is wrong. And, but they don't see it as what is wrong. They see it as a wisdom for why I don't need to listen. Okay, but now you can, you can, there is no argument. Jesus was much wiser than Joseph and Mary. Okay, he he was the perfect child, but yet, and and he and the thing is, he said, "I need to be in my father's house." And after says, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Do you know that every time that God have asked me to be submissive to someone. Do you know what? There could be many reasons for why I shouldn't. You know, you can, now you can go to a job and you're ending up having a manager who is 10 years younger than you, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't submit. Oh, I don't want to. I spoke to someone. So she changed careers. So, so I said, why did you change career? Oh, yeah, because we were away and then I came back and then everyone at work they were much younger than me, and my manager was older than younger than me, and I couldn't do that when she left and find a new career. Yeah, but the thing is that we don't submit to wisdom in that person. Do you understand? You know, we, we, we're submitting because they have been appointed over us. Not because we are more value, but they, this is just the way the system works. That's why the Bible talks about that the first promise is that you submit unto your parents. And one of the promises with that is there is a long life. Okay? But he says he subjected himself to them. Okay? But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Now, 52, notice it says, and. And I know I'm not a British English scholar, but I know that when it's and. Is connected. Okay? And it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, 
How did he increase in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and men? It started with when he subjected himself to those God had appointed over him. Amen? And it's very important because in our culture today, in our in the Western culture, we don't want to submit to anyone. We are, we, you know, like this is also where many people have problems with their prayer life because we are so busy talking because no one listens anymore. When we're thinking we are with God, it's not about God speaking to us. No, no, it's definitely about us telling God. And that's not only with God, it's also with relationships. Do you know that the best way of evangelizing people, do you know what it is? Listen. Because we give answers before we know where they are. Amen? Do you know that in 9-11, when it happened in New York, when the plane crashed into the towers, people ran to church. But do you know what we were faced with when they came to church? They got put into marriage courses and all sorts of things. We, had, we, 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 we have answers before they even answer, asked any questions. Okay? So, so, we, so, so here, it's so vital we understand this thing that we as believers... We are not called to be single. You know, oh yeah, but some people say, oh yeah, but I go to the universal church. It sounds really good. I belong, I only listen to Jesus. I'm telling you, this thing about the charismatic thing where he comes in and says, I can hear from God. I'm telling you, my big question is, why can these people not hear from God about what is important? Okay? You know, I've seen so many people, their lives is in a mess because... I hear from God. They can always hear from God, but they cannot hear from God about what is important. Do you know why? Do you know how God speaks? He speaks through all the people and through his Bible. Not, yeah, but he speaks to my heart. He speaks to my heart. Dude, I'm telling you, that's the most dangerous thing. If you think, because your heart will deceive you. Okay? If there's something you really want, I have, when I have asked what God says in my heart, he always say yes. And if there's something someone asks me to do that I don't want, it's interesting. He always say no. Amen. Because our heart is deceitful. Okay? Our heart is based upon our what, what we want, what we like, and, and so it's not based upon, oh, but it sounds good. But the thing is that when most of the times God speaks, he speaks through other people. Christians. Amen? That's why that when the church is so vital, that's why the sermons is probably, it's not because you have to gain knowledge, but it's because that you need to hear the voice within the voice. I told you when how I met uh, JC. No, 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 the first time I met JC, we were at a meeting in Ilkley, and uh, at that time we had meetings in York, and uh, or somewhere near York, and at that time I thought, now ah, maybe it's not this we should do. And there was this African preacher, and so I just went there because of uh, our, our, I heard about it. That preacher didn't know me, and I didn't know anyone. And so that preacher he stopped in the middle of a meeting, said, "I'm going to change my sermon. I don't know why, but I'm going to talk about casting your net out on the other side." Okay, now for anyone but me, because I was seeking God and saying, what, what does that mean? You know, God, what should I No, Lise is in the middle between Bradford and York. So for when he said, he doesn't know that, 
He doesn't know what he's talking, but it was that, that line was just to me. That's how. So when you need to hear a word from God, don't isolate yourself, lock the door, pull down the curtains and take the Bible out. No, that, that sounds really good and holy, but most of the time, pull yourself up, brush your teeth before you come, okay? And then go to a meeting and hear a sermon. Why? Because that sermon will be the vehicle for where God speaks to you. I'm telling you. But, but many of us, we, we are deceived to think, no, no, no. I just need to be alone with God. Do you know what? Do you know what the natural instinct is when we are hurt? We isolate. Okay? Do you know what the worst thing with isolation is? You are vulnerable. Now, we don't, I don't know if it's showed anymore, but when I grew up, we only had one shadow. And it started at 8 o'clock and finished at 10.30. Every day. And no matter what was on TV, we watched it. Okay? It, you, know, it, you know, we could even sit 15 minutes before I see, you know, remember this picture was on TV before the program came, came on, I can't even, no, some of you don't know, but, but we, we were even watching that, okay, and what, but what we showed many times was these nature movies about animals in Africa, they're hunting, and the lions, okay, so what do they do? They seek out the one that is isolated. Do you understand? And another thing you have to understand, I, I never understand, but, you know, the devil is so stupid. It says, the Bible says, he comes like a warring lion. Okay, I don't know, what I can remember from these nature movies, I never seen a lion come when we have to catch him. No, no, no have you, even if you look at a cat, what do we care? It's not coming like, I'm coming to, you know, we all go away, okay? That's why don't be worried about the devil, okay? He's only, someone said to me many times, he, 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 he's, he, he's a mouse with a microphone and a big spotlight to make a big shadow, okay? But anyway, so, but, f no, so, so, when we, so this is how you most of the time hear the voice of God. You know, we are not created, God, even God said, it's not good for us to be alone. And now we have to understand the context he said it in. He said it to a man who met with God every night. And then God said, it's not good for you to be alone. Yeah, but I'm not alone. I have you, God. It's not good for you to be alone. But I got you, God. But I've been many Christians say, I have Jesus. Oh, I just didn't know. It's good you got Jesus, but you also need the body. Amen? And it's, it's vitally important we understand this because a part where the charismatics were overstretched, the teaching was, it's just Jesus and me. It's just Jesus and me. But I'm telling you, any one of us, when we get isolated, when we, we, don't, we, cannot, we cannot be judging over our own thoughts. I'm telling you, there have been times where I thought, oh, wow, I've really done well here, and when God corrects me. And then there's been other times where I thought, oh, I've done really bad here. And then God said, no, that was good. 
Why? And that's where I understood that the Apostle Paul, he said, he don't even judge himself. And yet, we are so bold to tell everyone, God told me this, and God told me that, and God told me this. The Apostle Paul said, yet, I don't even judge myself. Okay? It's interesting, people can hear what, what Big Mac meal is in order for McDonald's, but they can't hear, wake up early in the morning. You know, just simple things like, you know. And so it's always amused me that people say, oh yeah, I can hear from God, but we can never hear from God about what is important. Because their life is still in a mess. And when I tell, try to tell people, I, I, saw, you know, I was just thinking about this woman I know, 60 plus now, still in the same mess. And every time I said, no, no, but God hasn't told me. Okay, now that has gone on for over 30 years. Haven't she woken up and say, maybe that voice you think is God is not God. Okay, 60 plus years, have nothing to her name, living in a house that is winter, completely saying, oh, yes. And one day, one day, one day, God has told me, when you try to get advice, now God hasn't told me that. Okay? He just did. Okay? Do you know what? Most of the time you will find, God will speak to you through a vessel where you have to humble yourself. Why? Because it's the broken heart of a humble heart that hear God. Like there was an amazing revival in Indonesia back in the 70s. Do you know who God used? The children. Okay? It was children who was the carriers of the anointing. Do you know, Jesus did the same in the Gospels. Who did he use? The women. Now you have to understand, women was not like equal in society as they are today. At that time, you know, that... Uh, the women in the Jewish culture, they were treated just as bad and maybe even worse than how radical Muslim societies are treating the women today. Do you understand that? No, that's why when, uh, when they say about the woman who's caught in adultery, when, and everyone says, where was the man because there has to be two. No, because men could not commit adultery according to their law, to according to the custom. It was only women. You understand? Women had no value in that society. And yet, Jesus chose them, chose her, Mary Magdalene, to go and tell who? The Pope. You don't know who the Pope is? Peter. Jesus used someone who was a nothing to go and tell the Pope, Jesus is alive. Now, they could have rejected it because it's a woman. Okay? But they learned something with Jesus when we walk with him. It's not the vessel, it's the voice. And it will always, I find so many times, the voice of God comes to us, camouflaged in something that we naturally don't like because we have to bend our heart to hear it. I remember when I was in Bible school, we heard this story. We were. This woman, she was praying, and then Jesus said to her, I'm coming to visit you three o'clock this afternoon. I said, whoa! I, okay, I just said, oh, what, what, what do women do when we know there's an important guy coming? Cleaning! Okay? <laughs> she was so, she got the bucket out and everything, start cleaning and cleaning, and then five minutes to three, it knocked on the door, and a little boy came, 
And she opened the door, she thought it was Jesus, it was a little boy. And this little boy said, oh, could you please help me? I lost my key somewhere, I can't find it. I said, oh, I'm too busy, I have important visitors. She smacked the door, carried on cleaning. Okay, 10 past three, an old man said, knocked at the door. Oh, could you spare a glass of water? And she said, I have no, I have no glass of water for you. I'm cleaning, I'm busy. 3.30, another uh, home, uh, a homeless guy now, could you spare a little bread for me? She said, I'm busy. I cannot have you in, you're too dirty. I cleaned all day, it will smell if you come in here. So she smacked the door. And so finally she cleaned up. It turned four o'clock, 4.30, no one showed up. And then next time she was supposed to say, Oh Jesus, you said you would come. Why didn't you come? And Jesus said to her, I came three times, but you smacked the door in the face of me. Okay? Why? Because of, for you and I to recognize Jesus, we have to bend our heart. God will never speak to us when we are proud. Do you understand? We have to bend. That's why Jesus many times, he sends someone that you in the natural don't expect. Like Pastor Yong you know, Now his church is not the biggest in the world anymore, but at that time, in the 90s, his church was the biggest, I think it was over a million people in the church. But it didn't start with a million people. When he started out, he did not believe women could be in the ministry. Now, many Christians believe that still to this day, okay? But do you know what happened with him? Every time he got ill, who did God send? A woman. And sometimes even worse, a little girl. But, and, what? and now he could say, that cannot be God. God will send a man. Okay? No. He learned to bend his heart. And in that way, he learned to recognize the voice of God. But many people say, no, no, oh, I need to be alone with God so I can hear God. I'm telling you, most likely, you, can, you will not hear anything. Okay? Because you become so vulnerable to your own mind, to, you know, uh, to your own fears, your own worries, and it's easy to shape the word of God in that frame. Okay? That's why when Jesus talks about it, when he said, subjected himself to Joseph and Mary. That's another thing that must be. I know, I pity Joseph. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you smack Jesus? You smack God. <laughs> no, no, of course not, because everything he did was perfect. But, but Joseph was not perfect. So Joseph said, Jesus, I told you. And Jesus said, I told you it wasn't me. That's why he had to, he died before Jesus. He needed to get in first with God before Jesus came. Okay. But the thing is that he subjected himself and with that he grew in stature. You know that favor actually is also, it's the same word but it's also used in, for grace. Do you understand? He grew in stature and in grace. Okay, and many people they want the grace and the favor, but they, they don't understand a part of it is to be subjected to someone. Okay, Jesus, he, you know, when he meets the Roman officer 
And he says to him, you know, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. Just say a word because I'm a, I'm a soldier. If I say a word, come, they come. And why did he say that to Jesus? Because he recognized Jesus was a man of authority. Okay? But, with, but to have authority, we always also have to be subjected to authority. You know, we cannot have authority in, within our own. You know, like... If you are a policeman, you have to follow the regulations of a policeman before you can exercise the role of being a policeman. If you don't want to exercise that, you don't have the authority as a policeman. Now, many of us, we, we, we say, no, this is where the charismatic have, have, have twisted it. But we, we think, oh, no, no, but I'm subjected to Jesus. Yes, and ultimately you are. But the thing is that for me to show that I'm subjected to Jesus, I have to be subjected to those around me. Meaning, you know, we say, I, I will listen to Jesus, and that's good, but the thing is that if we don't listen to those around us, we won't listen to Jesus too. Do you understand? You know, it's so easy for all of us, and we have probably all done it, where we say, we hear something that we don't like, so no, I, will, I, I listen to Jesus. But, it, we, but we, in, in, in the hearts of hearts, we know it's a cop-out. Okay? It is, it's very important we understand that, because if we want to grow in stature, in grace, and in favor, I, and I believe we all want to, this is the way Jesus showed us. He subjected himself to people who are not perfect. And we think that the moment we see a mistake with someone, we say, oh, I don't need to subject myself to you. Especially when we are teenagers, we see our parents and, you know, the worst part when we are teenagers is we realize our parents are not perfect. And when we're thinking, I don't need to subject myself because you, I'm wiser than you. No, it's a system. Do you understand? And, 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 and that's the same thing we, we very often do with when we find someone, oh, I will submit to Benny Hinn, but I will not submit to the local pastor. Okay? It's easy to, to do this thing, but it's what happens to us is that we're ending up in religion and thinking it's God. And the terrible part of it is that our life does not grow. Our life does not expand, and our life does not bear fruits. Okay? So, so Jesus, he, here's our example. So he... So, but uh, he increased in wisdom. Now, what is wisdom? I talked about that a few weeks ago. What, what did he increase in? What, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to listen. Amen. Now, I'm telling you, if I'm with a very clever person and I listen to what he says, when I come to, to, to speak to you, you think I'm very clever. I'm just, I'm just citing him. Do you understand? What makes us wise? That we can listen. Amen? But, you know, what, what does Jesus say in, in the Great Commission? Go into all the world and make disciples. What do disciples do? Listen. Amen? Do you know what Elisha did when he, when, uh, when, uh, Elijah, when, he, when he served Elijah? He was cooking. Amen. It can be very exciting, can it? Can you imagine? You want to serve Jesus. Oh, oh. And then Elijah come. Follow me, Elijah. Me? Yeah. 
And he's, I'm going to be with Elijah. Yay! And when you come to Elijah's, whatever place he lived in, cook, cook, cook. I thought, I thought it was Bible study. Study the Bible in Hebrew. Or whatever it may be. No. It was cooking. He did Hebrew. Hebrew coffee. Okay. Okay. I, it's, it's, that joke it took me a long time to understand. Okay. I only heard it because Bill Johnson, you know, in Bill Johnson, we have this cafe in their church and it's, it's called Hebrew. So first, I heard, that was a weird name for coffee. Oh, okay. That was a, it's, it's like when, when God says to Noah, build me an ark. And when God says, use go for wood. And when Noah said, what wood do you want me to use? Use go for wood. You didn't get that. If you get it, don't call me. Go, you know, the, tree, the wood is called go for wood. Okay? And when he asked God, see, it's no joke if I had to spill it out to you. <laughs> you like when I was in the Chinese church. When I met David, I had to say, David, this is a joke, David. <laughs> and David, you know, David is so polite when he laughs, but he didn't think it was funny. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so you can think about this go for wood. Okay. So if you, are, if you meet someone up in heaven who asks, what wood did you want me to use? <laughs> okay. But wisdom is the ability. So that talks about that. No, Jesus, he listened to imperfect people and yet he got still blessed. Amen? Because God had appointed them to be over him. And we can all agree about that Joseph and Mary was not as qualified as Jesus. If we had gone by how we would have done it, we would have done it the other way around. But God appoints as he will. That's why, you, know, you can see, he, he takes the Apostle Paul and call him the apostle to the Gentiles. And he takes a simple fisherman and make him the apostle over the Jews. If you would have thought the other way would have been better. Paul, he was a scholar in the Bible. He, could, he, he knew he could talk to all the Hebrew people. And then Peter, the, the fisherman, the simple man, he was sent to the scholars. God appoints who he will. Okay? So Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God. Okay? Uh, and, and, so, so, and that's the same lesson Elijah had to come. And now when we see what happened with Elijah's life afterwards in 2 Kings 6, 1. Okay? It says here, The company of the prophets said to Elijah, Okay, now notice Elijah, when he was called by Elijah, when he was called in to do this job, he was not called alone. Do you know that if you actually read in the Old Testament, the prophets did never travel on their own. It was the company of prophets. Okay? Now, you know, sometimes we're thinking that God gave me such a unique ministry that only I understand it. No, that's not true. Do you understand? You know that God will call you with other people. And without the other people, your calling will never come into full maturity. 
Where would King David have been without Jonathan? Amen. Where would the Apostle Paul have been without Barnabas? You know, if, if you know, like, we, we are, we, we are, we are, when we are called, we are called into a collective. Of course, you are an individual in the collective, but you are, you are still a part of something greater. It's very important we understand that. And it's not that the collective is there to serve you. It's where you are there to bring into the collective what you have been entrusted. Bill Johnson says it in this way, because he's so famous. So he, so he said that there are so many people who come to him, and they're so busy telling Bill Johnson, uh, tell him about what their calling is. Oh, I, I, I'm coming to Bethel because I'm called to be an evangelist, a preacher, prophet, teacher, whatever. And what we're doing is we're coming because we're thinking, I can use Bill Johnson to help me to become whatever amazing I think I'm called to do. Okay? But Bill Johnson is saying this way, I'm really not interested. <clears throat> and he don't say to be rude, he says to show a point in our heart. He said, I'm not interested in what God has called them to do until they're interested in the vision that God has given me. Okay? That, that is not to say that he's just thinking about me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying about that we first have to subject ourselves before we can, we can flourish in what we have been called to do. You don't understand that? But we, very often, we, we, because we're living in this society where it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me. You know, like every time someone comes and tells me, where we have had a few in this church, where I say, and come, oh, this, that, and the other, you know, this, I really get something from here. They say, uh, and other people, I, don't, I left the church, why I don't get anything? I say, you know what? It sounds really good, but the heart is wrong. We, we receive by giving. You, you grow by laying your life down. Okay? You know, from a natural, it does not look beneficial to subject yourself, but he did. Elisha, now, he was called into this company. And you know, uh, what, what is fascinating about that, uh, when after the calling, after Elijah called him, what was the next thing he had to learn to do? Elisha. He had to learn to get along with people. Amen. Okay. Do you know that King David, when he was David, he got anointed by Samuel to become the king of Israel and Judah. Okay. Have you noticed after he got anointed, he was not king of Israel or Judah immediately. What, what, what did he have to learn to do? Before he became that, he, had, he needed three anointings. Later on, he, when King Saul died, he, the, the elders of Judah, not, not God, the elders, the leaders of Judah, they anointed David. And then afterwards, the elders of Israel anointed David. And then he became the king of Israel and Judah. Okay? So the reason for why Elijah now, what did he have to learn? He had to learn to go, get along. Many people have been called, I'm being called to be a leader. That's great. And when they're walking and no one follows them, and then they're just going for a walk, 
Do you understand? It, it, it's something that is so. You know, there uh, you know, so many people say, ah, oh, uh, I don't care because God has told me. And yeah, and there is a certain extent, in that, there's a certain truth in that. But when we become so, uh, so, so, so awkward that no one can relate to you, then we've gone too far. Do you know what is interesting? Everyone related to Jesus. Amen? Even the kids flocked around Jesus. The sinners flocked around him. Okay? And so, so Elijah had to learn to get along. He, the, the company of prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get, get a pole and let us build a place where for us to meet. And he said, Go. When one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will. Elijah, when one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will. Do you know that it's interesting? Elijah had people who served him. Who was that who was serving him? They are the ones he was supposed to hand over the mantle later. Unfortunately, there was no one to hand it over to. Okay? But there was a process, there was a system. Why, why do we have to serve someone? Because that put us in a position where we can receive. Okay? I know a man, you know, like, you know, because we, we, we're thinking, we only want, need to submit to people that in our eyes, we think are qualified to be above us. But I'm telling you, I know a preacher, I don't know if he's still alive, but... Well, you know, he was paralyzed <coughs> from the neck downwards. Okay? But he had an amazing healing gift. And the way it operated is that people have to go and touch him and they got healed. Okay? You know, in the natural, he is ill. Why should I go and what can he do? Okay? And, and it was just amazing how God does it. And, but we think he you know that uh, he got an A star, then I, I got an A, so I will submit to him. That's how we think. Do you understand? That's not how it works. Do you understand? Think about Jonathan and David. Jonathan submitted himself to David. And what happened? What, what happened by that? He saved his family line. He saved his legacy because later on, David, when he became king, isn't there anyone of... The, Jonathan's house I can bless. Okay? How do he sub subjective? Actually, in, in the natural, it should have been the other way around. Jonathan was the son, was the prince. He was a future king. And he submit, submit himself to the shepherd boy. That does not make any sense. Unless you want to follow Jesus or follow God, because it's God who appoints. Amen? So, so, so the next thing here, so, uh, so, uh, so they do that, and then verse 3, when one of them said, won't you please come with your servants, I will, Elijah replied, and he went with them, they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. Now, they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. Okay. Now, what the, we, we, this is this is an image of what is our calling, what is our purpose, what is what we are supposed to do? Show the people Jesus, the person. 
Amen? Not show Jesus with philosophy or Jesus with doctrine, but Jesus' person. So, what, 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 so, so this is what, when we went to Jordan and began to cut down trees, but you know, you know so much now, when cut down trees, what is that? That's an image of the cross. Okay, wood, when you read it in the Bible, can very often be, it's an image of flesh. Do you understand? Wood is often, and it can be, a, you know, that we, we, I can't remember which of the Psalms it is, but it says that even the trees are clapping their hands. Okay, it's not the trees are clapping hands, okay? It's, it, trees are an image of you and I. Okay, so, so by cutting down wood, with an iron exit, and it fell into the water. Okay? Now, you have to understand that when you are a Christian, when you do the work of God, when you do testify of Jesus, you will find that things are not always getting on. You will get hurt. Okay? Because it's people. So while we're doing that, the axe head falls off. Do you understand? The axe, so the, the two, it falls off. And not only that, it falls into the water. And when he say, oh no, my Lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elijah caught a stick and threw it there. Now that is another image of the cross. Amen? But when you have issues, when you have problems, what is the most important thing is looking to the cross. Elijah cuts a stick and when he says, where is it? And where he points at the water, it's there. And when he throws it into the water and it says, the axe head comes up. Elijah caught a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Do you know what is fascinating about that? When you start declaring the cross over whatever issue, the impossible becomes possible. Amen? Know that if you are afraid of being ill, now you have to look to the cross and healing is available. If you have been hurt in a relationship, now look not to... I'm going to see how I can get that person back. No, look to the cross. <coughs> Amen? Look to the cross. Okay? Don't, don't do all the other but the thing is that you will get experiences where people let you down and getting hurt. And the worst thing you can do in that is not to trust again. Because if you don't trust again, you, will, you, are, not hurt, you are not healed. Do you know that I meet people, they say, no one is ever going to hurt me like that again. Okay? Do you know what they do? They build up a wall, but they don't realize they put themselves in a prison. Okay? They build up the wall to protect themselves, but what they didn't realize, they build up a wall to lock themselves up. Okay? If you cannot be hurt, you cannot be loved. That's why that when in the Old Testament you will see many a times when that God asked people to come into his presence or follow him, first thing they have to do, they have to make themselves vulnerable. Why? Because if you're not vulnerable, you cannot be loved. Do you understand? It's important you understand this because you can, if so, no one can hurt you, no one can love you. 
that's 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 very simple. So, so so when he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. And I'm telling you, now if there's something in your life, now look to the cross. Look to the cross. If there's something you are fearful of, if something you're worried about, look to the cross because. Whatever impossibility, he, the, the cross can make it happen. But many of times we try to go to, to try a ritual, uh, something. No, we, you know, the, the basic faith is to believe, really, that when Jesus died for me on the cross, that was paid for. Now, I don't need to pray for it. I claim it because it's mine. I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. I'm not going to prosper. I am prosperous. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it, this is how you look at the cross. Okay? But you have to see Jesus crucified. You know, but I don't, you know, but uh, you, have to, you have to understand is that some people, they think they're very, very spiritual. Oh, when I see the passion of, of the Christ, it's so horrible. I'm telling you, it was even worse. In reality. And you and I, we need to see Jesus like that. Why? Because it was our sin, our punishment, he took upon himself on that cross. And that image needs to be burned so much into us, so that we know that when we are under pressure, under attack, that price has been paid. Okay? Jesus was not, no, but he was completely humiliated on that cross. Do you understand? No, even with Roman law, there is a limit where how many beatings you must take. But Jesus was not was beaten beyond that. But and, and that was even not even the worst part of it, because the thing is that in Isaiah it talks about that he died twice. Okay, because when all our sin was put upon him, now he got pulled into hell. And where, and, and, it, and where he took upon our eternal judgment. And we need to have that image of Jesus there. When on that cross, he was completely destroyed so that we, you and I, we can be completely whole. Okay? There's so much religion going on in, in the body of Christ today. We prefer a clean Jesus with blue eyes and blonde hair. Everything is perfect. He's just saying, hang on my cross and say, oh yeah, get it on me so we can move on to, to the book of Acts. No, that's not what happened. It was horrible that day. Why? Because it was my sin, your sin, the world's sin. It was all laid upon him in one go. Okay? And we need to see it like that because when we see, when we declare that and hold that up, then now we have faith. I am healed. I am prosperous. I'm not going to be poor. I, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. Yeah, that thing happened, but I am made whole. Why? Because the price has been made in full. Okay? And now, like, don't get rid of all this religious thing. You know, but the worst thing I really, you know, one of the worst things I, I, I really don't like it, I hate it, is these pictures of Jesus. Uh, no, Jesus, blue eyes, blonde hair, well-trimmed beard. Have you seen him? You know, but I, I remember there was a preacher I heard, from, I think it was from Malaysia. He, he's a medical doctor, it's many years ago. 
Dr. Silveratnam, I think his name was. So he went to a medical clinic in Malaysia. So he said to people, uh, I can pray for you. That costs you nothing. Or I can treat you. That will cost you this. What would you like? And because people are poor, they will all want to be prayed for. But he shared a story about a house that was uh, troubled by spirits. And uh, he went there and he was like, oh, you know, you know how these Catholics things, statues and all sorts of... Actually, they, they look actually quite scary, some of these Catholic things. But anyway, so he, he, he went there and then the Holy Spirit said to him, take that picture. And then that picture was like the main piece of the home of Jesus' blue eyes. And, he, and then the Holy Spirit said to him, take that and go out and burn it. He said, what? Am I supposed to burn Jesus? No, it's not Jesus. Do you but he did it, and because it's religion. Okay? And he said that there was a spirit manifested when they burned it. Okay? I'm telling you, religion is the most dangerous thing. Because, do you know why religion is so dangerous? Because it makes us feel we are okay. You know, like for example, have you noticed the Bible say, faith comes by hearing. Do you know what religion tells you? Faith comes by, I have heard. Or I already know. That's religion. Do you know what? Faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing. Now, just like, you know, some, there was a preacher who said like this. He doesn't understand people. They feed their body three meals a day. Some do more, okay? But, and we feel our spirit one cold snack once a week. Do you understand? You know, your spirit man needs to be fed just as much as your physical man, even more so. Do you understand? So, 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 when, so, so when he showed him that, and now another thing is actually also interesting about this story here, is that he cries out and says, it's borrowed. Okay? Do you know what? The Bible talks about debt can be cancelled. Amen? How? Call army. <laughs> they will be phoning all over the place. Auntie Army, we have always been best friends ever. <laughs> so, but another thing that is interesting, do you know, you know what the name Elisha means? My God is my salvation. Okay? Now, it knows it's a my God. So it all starts out with this personal relationship. Amen? My God. It's not our God. No, my God. My God. Okay? But just to sum it up here, it's this is what it means that Jesus is uh, is crucified, okay. Whatever situation, it, you don't need a technique in how to solve this thing, or how to solve that thing, or how to solve this thing. No, all you need to know is Christ 
was crucified for you. If when, you st- when, when that becomes a real revelation for you, you will never be in lack of wisdom, you will never be in lack of favor, you will never be in lack of health, in lack of supply to spirit, soul, and body. But the thing is that we religion have taught us is something that we still have to work out. Do you know that there's this scripture, what is it we say stuff? But you should work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Now you have to if you have to look look these fear and trembling up in the Greek. It says something different, okay? But 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 what I what I called out was work out. I always read it like work for. But work out no working out is like you got the whole package. And now you're working out how it works. Do you understand? This is how you see. I mean, the more you see what you have been given, you will be amazed. You be, but the thing is that we, 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 religion holds us back. Because I heard the sermon once, now that's it. Do you know what? There are sermons I listen to over 200 times. And you know, I can still listen to them. Because there's always something new. Why? Either because of you know, oh, did, when you hear something, did he say that? I didn't hear that. But also because in the process I grow, and then I hear something different because I'm growing. Okay? Now that's why I like that you should listen to what I'm preaching. You know, you got, you got it on email and, and listen to it again. Because faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing. hearing. Amen? But many of us, we, have, we, we approach it like it's like an academic thing. Oh, I read that book, so I don't need to read it again. I read that book, so I don't need to read that again. I know that story. No, that's not how it is. You know, the Bible is food. Can you imagine Wilson said, Wilson, do you want rice? No, I don't need rice. I had rice this morning. Oh, what's wrong? <laughs> no, we, don't, we, we need to eat, eat and eat. Of the word, the word of God is compared to milk, to meat, to bread. We keep eating every day. It doesn't matter if you ate the same thing. Amen. It doesn't matter. But keep reading because it feeds your spirit. And I can promise you that you will be amazed to see what the Holy Spirit can take out of you when you have deposited into your heart. I know that. I, I, I still remember, this is a miracle, okay? And I, I, I read the book of Revelation. Do you know the reason why I'm reading it? I don't understand it. But that's the only book that says that when you're reading it, you'll be blessed. Do you know why we are blessed? We realize I know nothing. <laughs> okay? But I remember many years ago, I was reading, I woke up, I had such a stomach pain. And uh, it was in the middle of the night, and I started reading the book of Revelation, and you know, it disappeared. Completely. And But even more so, uh, some days, uh, some time later, I met a person, I, I was talking to him, and we were, I was just like, and all this thing about Revelation came out. I said, and I was listening to myself, wow, how really intelligent. Okay, but because it was put inside of me, the Holy Spirit, could take it out of me. Amen? And so, so don't, don't approach the Bible as, a, as, a, as an academic book where 
I need, to, I need to know about Elijah, I need to know about Elijah. Yeah, that's good that you know these things, but it's not the purpose of it. Do you understand? It's, a, it's food. Amen? It's food. We can't live on junk food all the time. If you live on junk food all the time, our body expanding, okay? If you, many Christians will live on spiritual junk food. Do you understand? There, there are so many who serve, so it's just terrible. You know, preachers, we think, you know, many preachers, we think we are exper experts on everything. I, I know preachers who think they are experts on climate change and politics and so on and so forth. You know, it, it, and it's always on the internet. No, when you read the Word of God, that's solid food. Not to feed your mind first, but feed your spirit. Amen? And you have a spirit. Do you know that? You are a ghost. Amen. You didn't know that. I, I, no, I always find it fascinating. This thing about that we are a spirit and a soul and a body. Okay? You know, you are the spirit. Amen? You are a spirit. Which is not your soul, but it's you. Okay? It's you. You are a spirit. And that spirit... It's going to live forever. But that spirit is also something that needs to be fed. That is fed through the word of God. Amen? Just like you know, your soul needs to be fed. You do that through academic things and all these things that feed your soul. But the word of God feeds your spirit. That's why Spirit Wiggles word. He could say, I'm stronger, I'm bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. So when you see Yen in heaven, you won't recognize her. She'll be six feet tall. <laughs> is that you yet? <laughs> no, because our spirit is our will us. Do you understand that? And that's where that when you see young believers, they grow so quick. Why? Because when they're young, they are hungry for the word. They read the word and they just grow and grow and grow. But then suddenly, it's just, the, the devil comes in and attacks. And how, what, do you know how he does it? You know that already. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and the, the hunger gradually declines in our reading the Word of God. Okay? And because there's many people around us who do exactly the same, that becomes normal. Okay? But it's the Word that, that feeds you. It's the Word that makes you strong. You know, when we read books and listen to sermons of others, you have to understand that that is always digested food. Do you understand? You know, when you read the Word of God, you will find it will feed your spirit. Okay? It will feed your spirit. So, so back, to, to, back to the beginning. Jesus, he grew in stature, in wisdom, and in grace, in favor. How? He subjected it. He became a part of something. Do you know when you subject yourself to something, you become a part of something. Do you know what it means to become a part of something? You also get an identity. Do you know what an identity gives to you? Self-respect. That's why that, you know, like, you'll find the most, the majority of youth offenders in prison, they have one thing in common. They all grew up without a dad. Single family, okay? The devil do that on purpose. Why? Because uh, in the natural, what does a dad do in the natural? 
he gives identity. He's the one you get the name from, okay? And, but if you don't have identity, that means you don't know who you are. If you don't know who you are, it's very difficult to respect yourself. And if you don't respect who you are yourself, you're not going to respect those around you. Okay? So, so, being, so being a part of something is so, so vital. It brings, it brings protection, it brings provision, it brings supply, it brings security. But most of us, we think, no, no, I don't want to. No, you need to. That's why, like, no one will say, you know, you, you will always see that in the Bible, they are all sent out two and two, or meaning they were always going to work together. Do you know why, uh, and do you know why the challenge is that when people find it hard, do you know, that's where you've realized this thing about iron sharpens iron. There's a proverb, okay? Have you noticed this? Iron sharpens iron. It's, it's tough to get on with people. Because people are people. Amen? There was this pastor uh, we had. No, no, I don't want to say that. But, but the thing is that that's a part of it. But so you, we have to learn both the, the spiritual side about with, with God, but we also need to learn this side of being with people. Do you understand? It's very, very important because many people have great callings, but they will never enter into it because they just can't get on with people. I'm telling you, in a job, most likely it's not the most gifted who always get promoted. It's the person who can get on. I'm telling you, if you when you made an application, what is for a job? Everyone has the same qualification. Do you know why? Because else we wouldn't apply. So what makes one choose one instead of the other? Can they get on with the team they're working with? Do you understand? And that's the same thing in the kingdom of God. No, there are, I, I know people, they have great callings, but they will never get into it. Oh, but God called them. Yeah, but God called them, but they'll never get into it. How can you say that? Because they can't get on with anyone. You put them in, now you don't know what, what is that anymore. You put them in a phone box. You know what a phone box is? We have one in Edel. Okay, we have one. But it looks a bit uh, sorry looking, okay? But you can put them in a phone box. You know, you know what a phone box is? Uh, have you Googled Subcon yet? <laughs> no. And they can start a fight with themselves. Okay, and 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 that's that will never that, 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 that's never going to work. We we you know we, we have to have a combination like Jesus showed us. He he was called by God, but he could also relate to people. Had both. Now we have to remember we have to have both. It's not just enough to be a good friend. Do you understand? We, because we can also go in the other side. We have to do both. Amen. No, it's not, no point just being nice and never give them the gospel. We, we need to do both. But sometimes we need to, uh, and that, 
but I, I think the, the greatest challenge for us in our society is, especially us who are charismatic, who are so spiritual, we need to learn to get on. Okay? And I'm telling you, God will always call you to the most difficult people. Why? Because they're the one who needs it the most. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that, that this word, uh, give it, uh, let it increase in our hearts and let, us, let it grow up to a harvest of 30, 60 and 100 fold. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen.